but it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat is from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Please check us out. As always, I will ask you at the top of the show, Instagram. That's where most of the action is. We do a couple of pictures a day, some memes, some pretty pictures. I try to be funny every once in a while. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Either way, you can laugh with me or at me. That's uh, always be booked on Instagram. Facebook, we're up on Facebook as well. Always be booked. YouTube uh, started to get a little bit more active on YouTube. And as you guys know, as we spoke about before and we'll speak about a little bit more today, I am planning to get even more active on YouTube, more consistent on YouTube. I would love it. Guys, I do appreciate you guys responded to the call to action regarding the emails. Uh, Email Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Keep them coming, questions, comments, anything I could read on air. I really, really do appreciate the encouragement and do not want you to slow that down one bit. But also, I want some stuff that I could read, some stuff that I could read on the air that may be able to help some people out or... Like I said, some corrections when I screw up, which and when I inevitably will. Also, listen, subscribe, review. Uh, The Always Be Booked podcast is on iTunes. I would love if you could share it as well. Tell a friend, let her know. That's the best possible way you could help me out, help the podcast out, and keep this thing going because, like I said, it does grow. Some weeks it grows more than others, but it's just really, really encouraging to see it grow, and uh, that continued growth will be what continues this if there comes a day where i don't feel like you guys are listening to me anymore i'm gonna do us all a favor and i'm gonna shut it down but uh i don't know why i even say that or bring that up because that does not look like it's even in play anytime soon and thank you guys so much for that if you get a chance please like i said getting back to the youtube situation what I want to do, I want to ask you guys to check out the Nassau YouTube video. Last week's episode was a port profile, and that was on Nassau. And it was just, to me, it was ironic. And the reason I chose Nassau first, pretty much in this whole new realm of YouTube stuff that I'm trying to do, is because there's, there is a reason. I know it's uh, logistics and geography and stuff, and that's part of the reason why Nassau is the most popular cruise port out there, or at least one of them. I just think that, you know, for all the stuff people say, I think there's misconceptions because there's always a huge amount of ships there and there's one of the best vacation destinations in the world. And I think those are two things that you may look at as positive for Nassau when in reality it kind of takes it away because, all right, you know, the place that has all the cruise ships that are going there and anytime you go into Nassau, four or five ships are usually there and it's like, oh, you know, why are all these ships here? This place must be sick and it sets up your expectation level. 
Same thing with the fact that it has Atlantis, which is a premier destination for vacations across the world, kind of sets it up for a letdown as well. So with those two things, people kind of look at Nassau when you get off the ship and like, uh, you know, it's not that nice. There's no mounds. There's no real. It's a little dirty here and there. But I really think that if you kind of peel back a lot of the expectations and look into what really ha- is offered by Nassau, you'll find one of the best ports that there is. So I wanted to kind of prove that, expose that to you guys. And if Nassau is on your itinerary, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five trips into Nassau, you can still be finding things to do and really, really enjoying. Uh, as basic as it looks, I mean, I, 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 I the video did take forever to prepare. Uh, I absolutely can't do that each and every week if it's going to take that long. I'm hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, I get a little bit more used to editing, editing the editing process. Uh, so I, I just hope I hope that's going to happen. I'm looking to see if I could find a few shortcuts. I may be able to pull this thing off, but like I said, what I'm trying to do is one standard episode of Always Be Booked podcast, like what you're listening to right now, and then also just to kind of mix in some more content and keep the consistency coming. Maybe also add one port profile. And a ship profile in each week. Not not end. I shouldn't say end. Either or. Like, you know, so you'll have one that comes out on Tuesday, you know, for Wednesday morning that will be that, you know, standard podcast. And then one maybe like on the weekend that will come up on you that will just specifically be about a port or a ship. And then ideally with that, I am going to make the attempt to have a YouTube video that accompanies that as well. This week we're looking into profiling the Carnival Magic. I want to kind of keep it, you know, not necessarily get all the obvious ones out of the way right now, but I want to keep it, uh, you know, popular cruise ships that are sailed by many people out of out of ports that are, you know, fairly popular as well. And uh, the Carnival Magic is what I'm looking at doing coming up next. Um, I know there's not, I know there's many of you that listen to the show that are not from the United States, but please bear with me as I do say happy belated Memorial Day to everyone. I hope everyone got a chance to enjoy their weekend. Uh, I know many people all over the world did get a three-day weekend, so hopefully you got a chance to enjoy that. Uh, as for me, what did I do? You knew I was going to hopefully, ideally, take advantage of an opportunity to slip out of town for a minute, and then I did do so. I went to Fort Lauderdale, a.k.a. Fort Slaughterdale, a.k.a. Fort Liquordale. It's got so many nicknames, this place. Uh, I met up with a friend. We had a great time. Uh, man, that is really, honestly, where, where I want to be. Uh, I, I love Fort Lauderdale. To me, out of the cities that I've been to in this country, and just, you know, that's just me, Cold Call, call me crazy, but that is my favorite city, uh, and I'm going to exclude New York because New York is a whole different animal, and you know you can't, you have to separate home from everything else. So, this side of New York City, uh, Fort Lauderdale is my favorite, basically all around place to be. The reason I, I say that is because I love South Florida as a whole, and I spent a lot of time in West Palm, and I would call West Palm a second home because I did spend, you know, six, seven years there and made friends that are seem like family to me, and I love West Palm, but it is, A, it's a little bit small, and B, it's it goes from 
you know, zero to really posh, really fast. And I feel like it kind of mirrors another great city, but not my favorite, which is Miami. You know what I mean? One corner, you'll have just total destitute. And then the next corner around the block, you'll just have the most pristine, good-looking, well-dressed, wealthy people who wouldn't wear, you know, anything less than the top-of-the-line name brand and clothing and this and that. And there's a little bit of a I don't even call it superficialness because they're not walking around trying to be something they're not. They actually are. They're walking around and they're they're doing well and you know, great, good for them. You know what I mean? I like that, but I also like a little bit. Uh, I guess a city where you can kind of people aren't afraid to let their hair down. You know what I'm saying? People are. You know, Fort Lauderdale brings that to the table. You know, you have the if you want to go for an elegant night out for a club or a high end dinner, you can get that in Fort Lauderdale. But if you want to throw on a t shirt and jeans and hit a couple of beach bars, you can do that as well. Sure, there's places you can do it in Miami and, and West Palm, but you know, there's a dress code. Miami, West Palm. You talk in dress code uh, if you want to really have a good time. Fort Lauderdale, you can find some trouble. By trouble, I mean, you know, good, clean fun uh, without necessarily, you know, having to wear your pressed slacks and your button up and this and that. Fort Lauderdale is, uh, you know, and then with that, you still get the beautiful weather. You still get the opportunity of uh, semi. It's a B city. Clearly, it's not, you know, it's not a major city. It doesn't have, well, I guess it has a. Uh, it has the hockey team, but it doesn't have any real, you know, sports, sports, you know, home teams. But it is growing, and it's got like so. Fort Lauderdale is kind of lumped in with Hollywood, Florida, a lot, and that just region is 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 my preferred area to to be in. And it's an interesting story. Maybe you know you may find it interesting, but you know I've been with my company that I worked for. You know I've told you many times I run bars, restaurants, this and that, and uh, I've been with this company for a long time. You know I had a break or two here and there, but for the better part of since 1999, I've been with these people. And uh, you know started from the uh, the bottom, as they say. I was doing security, I was doing barback stuff, I was doing bartending stuff, and you know worked my way up to a multi-unit supervisor, and. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I don't know. You you might call me crazy. You might call it irresponsible. You may call it good for you. You know what, whatever. But, you know, I came a time, I hit, I hit it last year or a year and a half ago, whatever it was, February, right around my birthday. Um, it actually started before that, maybe September, October of, let's call it 2015, where I was kind of saying to myself, you know what? It's got to be something more than this. You want to do something else. You know, you, you, you're still young enough to where, you know, you can still enjoy yourself. And is it all about just getting in a cramped subway and going and babysitting a bunch of drunks every night and, you know, chasing people around during the restaurant side and making sure people aren't pissed off about their mashed potatoes and, you know, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, of course. Well, is that what life is all about all the time? Yeah, it's a job and maybe it's a little mature, immature to be like, you know what, I'm fine with kind of leaving it all behind for a little while. But I eventually talked myself into saying it and doing it and saying, you know what, you get this one shot at life and I want to be where I want to be. And uh, I drummed up the courage to go to my boss, thank him for everything and ask him for his blessing pretty much to be like, you know what, I, I want to make a change and I want to move to Fort Lauderdale. And, uh, you know, I thanked him, went into a long, you know, <laughs> rambling email about how, you know, this was the pride of my professional life is just this was this the pride and joy of my professional life was working for this company but i'm ready to move on i'm ready to cut the cord go to fort lauderdale and uh you know see roll the dice see what i can make happen down there and i was prepared to do that and 
you know, he thanked me and he was very, very gracious about it. And everybody, you know, everybody in the corporate office was very, very gracious about it. And that's how it was. So I started looking for apartments. I found an apartment in Fort Lauderdale and, uh, you know, went through the whole process of just up until ready to write them a check. And then my boss gave me another call and said, hey, Tommy, you know, I know you want to go to Florida. Understand that totally. Respect the decision. And I understand you want to be in Fort Lauderdale. How close is that? And he's not in, and he wasn't necessarily, you know, dialed into, you know, the ge- geographical, whatever, the proximities of Florida. So he was like, how, f- how close is that to Orlando? I said, well, it's not that close, but, you know, it's within a couple hours driving distance, so it's not that far off. And he was like, I have a project that was starting down there. And, uh, you know, we've been open for a little while down there, and it hasn't been going great, but uh, we could use somebody to run it. And I just figured you're going to Florida. I would throw it out to you. Maybe it's not exactly where you want to be as far as the exact part of the state. But, uh, you know, uh, why don't you just take this position? You're in the same area you are. You don't have to worry about looking for a job. And I was like, wow. First, I was like, no, because I do have a lot of friends in Fort Lauderdale, and I wasn't necessarily looking to start all over again. So in my mind, I was like, you know, what a cool offer, and I appreciated it so much. But then again, I kind of thought, you know, who knows? Maybe, I, you know, if I'm going to cut the cord, cut the cord. Deliberate, I deliberated on it for a couple of days and realized, you know what? This probably could be a good thing. Let me get all excited. Let me get pumped up about running this place. Let me go to Orlando for a little while. You know, worst case scenario. I check into it for a year, year and a half. Doesn't work out. You don't love it. You know, you could still, you know, you you you, you, you eased your way into the Lauderdale thing, and that's where we kind of are right now. So I did that. I moved to Orlando, made a little bit of a life down here in a short year, year and a half. Made some, made some friends. I don't necessarily, you know, it's different making friends as a forty-two year old bar operator than it is at a tw- as a twenty-eight year old bar operator. So and and for good reason, it should be that way. It's not necessarily, you know, at twenty-eight and you're running these places, you're basically one of them. You're forty-two and you have to kind of establish a little bit of a uh, separation, you know. And of course, they probably want the separation too, you know. They don't want to be running around with the forty-year-old boss. So, uh, but in some cases, it does. You know, some cases you do kind of, you know, run into some people and meet some people that you do kind of establish a little bit of a kindred spirit with, a bond with, and you know, you do. And I've done that here, and there's, I've definitely made some friends here, but um, it's. At a crossroad right now, to be honest with you, just to let you guys, I guess, behind the curtain as a term I use fairly often. Uh, right now, there's an opportunity for something else down here. I told you guys about the carnival thing. It does. It sounds like my boss is uh, eventually probably going to move on from this place. It's not necessarily. It was a little bit of a shot in the dark to begin with. It wasn't set up to be super successful. We've done a pretty good job with it. I feel like we made it the place to be in that area on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, I guess not that you might care about all these details or whatever, but the problem is it's in one of the most competitive uh, food and dining and just entertainment areas. You know, basically in the country and this is coming from someone who's you know worked close to Times square i mean you got everything here you have every attraction every chain restaurant everything and uh we don't have a uh a kitchen so we're really trying to rely on um you know that we're trying to battle some previous prior to me getting there some reputation issues because it just to be quite frankly it just wasn't given a lot of attention um and you know 
Shout out to Doug, Cruise Radio. He kind of knew about the place before I got there, and he was concerned. You know, the place is still doing okay, like I said. But, you know, my boss has a lot going on, and this is probably something he'll want to move away from. So he also, you know, graciously invited me. You know, where where do you want to go? You know, we'll find a place for you. You can work any way you want within this company that's available right now. And uh, he's like, but he's like, I feel like you want to be in Florida. If you want to be in Florida, um, you know, we may have to, uh, you know, get creative and try to come up with something you know but so right now we're talking about an opportunity that's in that same development actually in that in that same building uh through another channel who i also know uh my for my current soon to be i guess former boss is still telling me that you know i'm always welcome to stay within the organization i also am uh pondering the carnival cruise line opportunity the uh personal vacation planner uh, opportunity that has been uh, offered to me in writing, which I'm <laughs> holding on to right now, and I'm eventually going to have to respond to it, uh, and as well as me, which I really feel sometimes, and this is the kind of crazy person in me that's kind of thinking about this, and just, you know what, let's just go all in on booked, you know what I mean, go always be booked, and just kind of, you know, as they say, if you heard the expression, burn the boats, and I uh, I have every bit of confidence in my ability to kind of just really attack this thing. Uh, you know, right now I'm doing it not even part-time. I'm doing it like a very a couple hours a week just, you know, trying to bring bring to you what I'm bringing to you. Uh, and we'll we'll see, though. I, I it's, it's an interesting time. I guess I, I just kind of like went into this a little bit more than I had planned to before I started this. But, uh, uh, you know, just got back off vacation. Don't have a ton prepared for this particular episode. So... I guess there you go. I guess I gave you maybe three or four options. And, you know, for me and for you, for a lot of you, it's probably like, man, what the heck, man? You don't even know you're going to be working in two, three weeks. You know, that that's the thing about me. If you get to know me at all, you're going to know that I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of operate pretty good like that. I kind of like the ec- excitement of kind of like, you know, having uh, the way I look at it, some people would look at it as uncertainty. I look at that as options. You know what I mean? I have options. And they're all pretty good. You know, the uh, option of, you know, staying in the place that I'm at is pretty good because they're talking about just kind of updating things, making things state-of-the-art, and then multiple units throughout Florida. So that's that's there for me, uh, as well as the other things I mentioned, too. So we'll see where that's going. It's not really sure why I got that deep into that tangent, but uh, it did happen and happen. But I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks, getting all the information that's out there, taking it all in, and uh, making the best decision Hopefully that I can, and not looking back. All right. So, like I said, I went down to Fort Lauderdale this weekend. I drove down this time. The uh, drove the truck down. I finally got the truck down there. I, I have the truck. I drive the truck to work every day. Uh, I love my truck, man. But I, I didn't. I don't drive it down there for a mainly because uh, I got an alignment issue and my tires were destroyed. They they finished. So uh, there was a little bit of a shimmy action going on. If I did over fifty five. So uh, I would either rent a car or I would take uh, one of those shuttles that I told you about in the color up. Beautiful. I mean, they were awesome. 30 bucks or whatever it is. Get you wherever you want to be in Florida within a couple of hours. Uh, I'll still probably go back to the shuttle. You know what I mean? If you only have a day, day and a half, two days, two and a half days, you want to use that drive time to kind of, I don't know, sleep or shut it, at least shut it the hell down completely and relax. Daytona's a different story. That was only an hour or so, so I rented a car, drove out there. But if you're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, it's a two and a half, three hour trip. 
it's nice to be able to close your eyes. And if you don't even, you know, you pass out a little bit, but if you don't even get real good sleep, at least you get good rest. Um, so I got down there, stayed at the Hilton Marina. Honestly, that's a great, great place. Not a super stuffy high-end hotel, but it is a Hilton. So, you know, it's going to be modern. It was nice. Very, very expensive. Not the room. You got to, uh, you're dealing with $14 drinks and stuff like that. If you want a freaking, you know, bag of candy, it's uh <laughs> five dollars and fifty cents but uh as far as the room goes it wasn't that bad i just went on priceline this one came up as a great value it was at like 169 i saw it looked at a couple of pictures and then i noticed as a bonus it overlooked port everglades and i uh i called up to make sure i got a high floor and a clear view of the port because obviously it's a hotel there's four sides to it she seemed really surprised (laughs) at how adamant i was about uh trying to get a view of the uh of, of the cruise ship, uh, the cruise ships and the and the port itself. She was like, "I oh, mean, this guy." <laughs> I get that a lot, though. My enthusiasm for cruising and cruise ships is, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a weirdness in me that I'm gonna have to just live with, and anybody around me is gonna have to live with it as well. And uh, you know, one of the many weirder things, I guess, about me. Um, the room was really nice, though. It wrapped around it had a wraparound balcony on the tenth floor out of twelve. Uh, like you said, you looked outside, you stepped on the balcony, you saw all the. Uh, it wasn't a particular particularly busy uh, Port Everglades day in the couple of days I was there, but uh, it was really really nice. I got to see the uh, sailing at six a.m. In my. <laughs> she was like watching me outside. She's like, "What are you doing at six in the morning?" I'm like, "What am I doing?" The allure of the seas is sailing in. This is one of the biggest cruise ships in the world. And she's just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Deal with it. Oh, well. So it also has a great outside pool, great outside pool bar. It's got a really cool outside lounge space near the pool. During the day and night, it was kind of, you know, it was jumping the whole time. There was a DJ during the day. And it wasn't like a sceny pool party, but it was a pool party. There was families. There was like kind of like, you know hipsters whatever there was a great mix of people there was corporate people out there so you didn't really feel like you know some of these vegas or atlantic city pool parties where it's like you know you know tiesto's there and you got to pump your fist and you know everybody's a weightlifter and you know perfect bodies it wasn't like that but it was still cool enough but not too cool to where you felt like excluded as a <laughs> as a 42 year old slob great outside pool um like i said what else uh it was a uh Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just I got my notes here. I'm just kind of looking as I go. Um, there, one of the days we did go to the beach. Uh, there's a place called Beach Place there as well. It has a bunch of different restaurants inside there. It's got like a Lulu's, Bait Shack, a Hooters, um, a few places, Atlantic Surf Cafe uh, that all overlook the beach. And there's some shopping there. And it's just a really cool place to walk up and down. And this particular uh, day, it was very, very hot, very, very crowded, but it was still nice, man. Went in the water. The water was like, water was like 77 degrees. It was perfect. So that was it. Yesterday, I dropped my, uh, my old buddy off at the airport. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, then I went over to a longtime friend. You know, you heard me mention her name, Beatrix. Uh, she's a huge, huge supporter of the show and a really, really good longtime friend. Met her at her uh, complex and... Her and one of our other friends, Vanessa, were over there, and we hung out by the pool for a while. And then we went to this place. We've been there before. It's cool. I don't think I've mentioned it before on the show. I uh, posted on Instagram. There is a uh, – I did like a quick little uh, uh, video uh, that's like a little bit of a collage of the place and the dishes that we had. Um, it's in the Harbordale section of Fort Lauderdale. It's called the 15th Street Fisheries. I have no idea why it's called – Plural, the fisheries. It's a fishery, but they call it the 15th Street Fisheries. Uh, but 
Uh, ironically enough, it overlooked the Hilton I stayed at, just right across the water. And what a beautiful place to chill, relax, eat some food, watch the ships go, but not the ships, but you know the, some of the yachts, some of the you know water taxis, and just people fishing. It's just such a relaxing place. I don't know, man. Do you guys feel the same way? We're all cruisers here, but does the water just sitting on the water, by the water, near the water, smelling that salty air, just does something for you, puts you in a different place, and it was awesome. Actually, had a few things. We got a couple, a couple appetizers, and you know, if you want to see some of the dishes, you can see them on Instagram. Like I just said, we actually got a chance to have the conch salad as a. <laughs> As I spent way more time on it than I should have on the last uh, Nassau podcast, but it was really, really good. The thing about conch salad, and again, I hadn't had it before in the last podcast. I said how much I wanted to have it after having conch fritters so much. Uh, you know, you don't really taste the conch in the conch salad either so much. It's just a really, I guess, a really neutral type of shellfish. And you do feel the texture when you bite down on it and you get, you know, a little piece separates from everything. But you get the tomato, you get the onion, you get the little, uh, you know, you get the the, um, the parsley or whatever else they put in it, the cilantro and the, the uh, dressing and stuff like that, the lemon. You know, the conch is kind of like a little bit of an afterthought. You don't really say it. And then I told my friend that at work, Dan, shout out to Dan at uh, – uh, you know, over at the job, he said, you know, dude, if you want to taste conch, you got to get conch soup. That's where you'll actually get a good taste of the conch, almost like, you know, like a conch chowder or something like that. Either way, everything was really, really good. Drove back up to O-Town yesterday and back to work today. Good, good, refreshing couple of days off. Didn't get too banged up. Drank a little bit a few times, but uh, wasn't too crazy. Didn't, uh, wasn't a very taxing trip, but it was a good time. As you guys do know, I'm also booked on a Bahama Paradise cruise, and that's for June 10th to the 12th. I want to do something cool in Grand Bahama. I'm a fan of that island. Unlike most people, a lot of you guys will say, too, Grand Bahama, eh, you know, it's like Nessa. I always kind of liked Grand Bahama. It was one of the first islands I had ever been to. Uh, you know, like, I, like I've said before, uh, if you snorkel at a Port Lucaya, wherever I went that one time, that was the best and still to this day the most impressive most, I guess, I don't know, would you call it diverse, most out of control snorkeling experience I've ever had. It was literally like a kaleidoscope underwater. And uh, to this day, as as cool as that, as as cool as I've never seen anything like that. I've I've had some really cool snorkeling experiences, like the shelf in Grand Turk, uh, you know, the turtles, stingrays in St. Thomas. But as far as like a kaleidoscope of different colored fish. Uh, I, I still to this day have not seen anything like I've seen in uh, in um, Grand Bahama on that first cruise that I went on. That was the old that was the old Paradise Cruise Line. I think that's what it was called. It was a broken down cruise ship. I had never been on a cruise ship before, but this thing was a borderline ferry. But it did have rooms if you wanted to stay over. It did have rooms, but it you could barely call. It was like a borderline ferry slash yacht. You really couldn't. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if you can call this thing a cruise ship. Discovery Cruise Lines way back in the day out of uh, out of Port Everglades. I don't know if any of you remember that from way back. Um, all right, so this podcast is pretty much news and email. I you know looked into some simple articles that I can kind of react to. Not a terribly organized podcast this time, but hey, sometimes these things will these things will bomb, and uh, sometimes we might find a little love in a hopeless place. You never know. So. I'm going to get into some news right now and uh, some things that we can talk first. The first thing I wanted to talk about, this is interesting. Have you guys ever heard of the Peace Boat? I had not. I'm just looking up for news articles, looking looking to see uh, some new stuff that's going on. And, and, you know, 
they were giving an update about Peace Boat, something I never even knew existed. Maybe some of you guys did, but I'll give you a little bit of a synopsis of what the Peace Boat is. It is a non-governmental global organization based in Japan. It's meant to create awareness and to pretty much build connection among people who would ideally make a difference in the areas of human rights, uh, world peace, sustainable development, uh, a lot of environmental conservation. All of this stuff is stuff that's discussed and tried to put into action on this ship. And pretty much this ship is full of people who are either taking part or taking leadership roles in all this stuff. Along with passengers who are paid to be on the ship and kind of, you know, I guess going on these things who want to get a little bit more aware and see what they can do and how they can become involved or if not even directly involved, at least starting the conversation about all these, uh, like I said, you know, sustainability, uh, you know, economic, uh, environmental, uh, world peace issues uh, on the ship. And to me, you know, like I said, I'm not necessarily Joe Hippie, but uh, <laughs> this sounds. How does it? How does it? How does it sound? How does that sound bad? How can that be a bad idea? Of course, um, it was established in 1983. It's launched more than 90 voyages to this day, and you know, the ships are manned by volunteers from nations that have been particularly affected by whether it's social unrest, like I said, poor development, less than ideal environmental conditions, or any of these other negative circumstances that have proved to be, I don't know, difficult to overcome in any way, shape, or form. The the journeys, it, what's interesting is not, it's not like the, um, you know, and it's not like a relief effort. Like, it's not like Fathom, Carnival, uh, Fathom Cruise Line that would just go out there and they'd just be sent to work. This is more of not, is more of just, you know, you can go out on a Fathom ship from Carnival, which, you know, I guess they're, I don't even know if they're still running, but I know they were shutting it down any day now. But, uh, you know, you'd go out there and you'd go to Cuba and they'd give you an assignment. Then that's, you'd do the assignment and that's it. What this does, it kind of gets – it attacks the route a little bit more. Like you're learning exactly where you're going. You're learning what the strife of the people are. You're learning what the issues are. If you can't help in any way, shape, or form, this is how you might be able to do something about it. Um, but what's different about these also is that these are, these go three times a year, and these are world cruises, bro. These are <laughs> – these are 80 to 90 day journeys that cover 20 ports and they literally they circum circumnavigate the world. The purpose of these trips is pretty much like I said, raise awareness and you're going to get a real view of the cultures and, you know, the parts of the world that need help. And as I said before, it, it the idea is that the awareness that's I guess spread on these ships whether it's, you know, through lectures and stuff on board through the actual your experience on land it's just going to eventually create a level of attention and ideally that will increase the chances of these circumstances or, you know, small improvements. Small improvements should be made to the way of life just by, uh, you know, starting the conversation about how this stuff, either directly, indirectly, quickly, slowly. However, it just shows that these people are out there and they deserve some of our attention, which is true. They did a relatively short, uh, they did relatively short cruises up until 1990. They were doing week, two weeks, three weeks. And then, uh, they, in 1990, you know, they, they, they started doing the extra long ones. And, uh, if you remember, that was the first year of the Gulf war and the peace boat actually encountered a U.S. aircraft carrier in 1990 during, like I said, inaction during the Gulf War. 
And uh, that was, like I said, that was going to be the first world cruise, and they wouldn't even know if they were going to do them. Like, they were just like almost like an experimental basis. But uh, it was a huge success, and then they became the norm, and that's what they do. Basically three a year, and uh, they're 80 to 90 days each. Their one cruise ship is called the Ocean Dream, and old-school cruise fans are going to know this ship. Uh, some interesting info on that particular ship is that it is, that it is the formerly known as the Carnival Tropical. Tropical? Tropical. Tropical. I think it's the Carnival Tropical. That was built in 1981, and it was the first ever ship from Carnival that was newly built for Carnival. You know, Carnival prior to that was refurbishing ocean liners or whatever. This particular ship was the first ever ship that was built for Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh on this particular, these cruises all day on board, there's various lectures. Uh, they educate the passengers on specific contemporary world issues, uh, you know, stuff that may they not they they may not otherwise be aware of. Typical entertainment venues aboard the ship are converted into lecture halls, classrooms, workshops, and learning centers. Many times, these lectures will precede stops in ports where they can directly apply or relate what they just learned or they just experienced in the classroom or in the workshop onto their land experience so they look to tie the whole thing together it does look like there is some recreation on board because you know that's going to be my first question as cool as this does sound and it does sound cool is it just about just 80 days of homework and learning and and and, and giving back or do you do get to let your hair down a little bit here and there um i am I, ima- I imagine that it's a pretty uh, pretty active boat when it comes to making uh, some peace boat babies. I mean, think about it. All that education, all those intense, serious issues being discussed all day. Everybody's all kind of like intense and feeling like good about themselves and what they're learning. And then, uh, you know, the instructors go to bed and then at night they turn on the music. And I didn't mention there's one hell of a let loose party after that, wouldn't you say? Throw in the fact that there's booze, there's booze flowing. And you're, I mean, at the end of the day, guys, you're on a cruise, you're at sea. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of peace boat babies running around. Uh, <laughs> plus the fact that, you know, it's kind of like, come on, just call it what it is. It's like a little bit of a hippie type thing, you know, like, you know, giving back. And, uh, you know, hippies do have certain reputations here and there for liking to have a good time and uh, enjoying themselves in uh, any way possible. You know what I'm saying? You got the time for your causes. You got the time for I'm not saying it's like 60s free love. That's not what I'm saying, but there probably is. I'm saying, you know, if you go on a cruise, you know, sometimes you're just looking at like we're getting on the ship to party the whole time. And that kind of, you know, maybe you're at 75% party the whole time. You're on this thing. You know what I mean? You're you're at 25% party for three quarters of the day. That one quarter of the day that's left, you're on a 150% party. I bet that there's a lot of fun that's had uh, after hours on the peace boat. Uh, even cooler, and the purpose of this story, which made me go look and find out all about this peace boat, the cooler part is that there is actually a new build planned for peace boat. Uh, so that just shows you how successful this thing is. Uh, it's going to be the uh, appropriately, appropriately enough, it's going to be the most environmentally friendly ship in the world. Uh, it's going to be delivered in 2020. It's going to hold 2,000 passengers and will be about 70,000 gross tons. So the peace boat, guys, if I wasn't uh, comprehensive enough, look it up. The actual, I don't know if the sketch that I saw is accurate to what the, this thing is going to look like, but it looks strange, man. It looks like uh, the drawing I saw is, looks like well, almost like a, 
you can't tell where the hull stops and the uh, body of the ship begins. It almost looks like a real, uh, like a like a new age type ship, different than any other ship that I've seen. I don't know if that's just a cartoon or an actual mock-up, but um, the Peace Boat guys, check it out. All right, a little bit of news regarding Australia. I know we have some Australia listeners, so we have some news in uh, in that area, that part of the world down under. Um, this uh, the state. They were talking about doing a new terminal uh, in the Gold Coast. In Gold Coast, that's the name of a city, I guess. Uh, they're proposing to build that, and they originally set the cost to be at about seventy million in Australian dollars. That converts to about fifty-two million U.S. dollars. But apparently, through some recalculating and some unforeseen things, that's going to double. <laughs> Unfortunately, what they thought was going to cost seventy million is going to cost about a hundred and forty million, um, and that's like I said, Australian. So what is that? That's about you know fifty two. So instead of fifty two, it'll be uh, about one hundred and four million in the equivalent of one hundred and four million in U.S. dollars. The project has not received full approval, but the mayor said if it does go ahead and go through, it would be fully funded by the private sector. And the public would not have to worry about it showing up on their taxes. Uh, aside from the funding, there's still some other issues, whether it's going to uh, you know, be able to be environmentally positively impacting the area, you know, not necessarily you know, ruining the environment at all, as well as just general feasibility studies, logistical feasibilities and stuff like that. There's still some stuff that's in the air regarding this, but if it is built, it is supposed to be I mean, just an absolute state-of-the-art, state-of-the-art port. And uh, like I said, is in the town of, and again, all the Australian people right now are like, you dummy, you don't even know anything. <laughs> but it is, uh, it's what is, it's in uh, Gold Coast, and that is right near, I believe it's, it's about 500 miles north of Sydney. Um, all right, cool. Carnival making their own news, I guess. This is kind of funny. Carnival Cruise Lines in a wacky attempt to grab some headlines. Carnival, I I break their chops. I don't know why I break their chops. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Carnival Cruise Line, but uh, I continuously tease them due to the fact that they're the largest cruise line in the world and due to the fact that, you know, they just, they are the establishment. Carnival is the establishment, so I break their chops a little bit. At the end of the day, Carnival Cruise Line is one of, if not my favorite cruise line, so it's all in sort of pretty much good fun. And plus, you know, who knows? They may be signing my paychecks (laughs) soon, so I should be a little nicer. Maybe they're not. Maybe someone's going to hear this, give them a call, let them know, don't hire this guy. He's running his mouth on you guys left and right. If if you do do that, somebody does do that, oh, well. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be, I guess. Uh, I don't know. What they're trying to tell us is that they broke a record. (laughs) They say they set a record for most comedy shows. Oh they, oh, they will set a record for the most comedy shows held in 2017 at an astonishing 25,000 comedy shows. That is a lot of shows, but is that a real record? I mean, yes, you are a huge cruise line. And the punchliner, by default, is a huge comedy club at sea. So I could see where they're technically going to be accurate, and that is going to be the you know comedy club that holds the most shows. It kind of seems like a little bit of a gratuitous announcement to me, but hey, listen, I don't know. Congratulations, Carnival. Congratulations to the punchliner comedy club. <laughs> I don't know. In a related story, Carnival just announced that they broke the record for most ever poolside hairy chest competitions at sea. 
see where I'm going with that. I mean, it just kind of happens by the vault. Anyway, I'm seriously. Congratulations on, on that as well, Carnival. I don't know. Maybe this thing is a shot at George Lopez, do you think? We never got the details as to why Carnival uh, and George Lopez's long-term relationship deteriorated. Maybe Carnival is trying to throw it in his face a little bit. See what you left, George? You know? Hell hath no fury like the cruise line scorned. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell we didn't prepare much for this one? Listen, they can't all be gems. What are you going to do? Uh, George Lopez is hysterical. I really would love to know what happened between them and uh, Carnival. I remember it seemed like yesterday and they, yesterday when they announced the beginning of the relationship. It was hysterical. Uh, he took one of the, George Lopez took one of the cruises, and it was on the West Coast, and they cruised down to, uh, you know, whether it was Puerto Vallada or um, – you know, Cabo San Lucas, one of those West Coast uh, Mexican uh, Riviera cruises. And uh, they reached him for comment. And he goes, I'm very, very excited about my partnership with Carnival Cruise Lines. I'm very, very excited to for this cruise I'm about to take down to Mexico. And I am told I will be allowed back. <laughs> funny. Uh, but, you know, I say it all with tongue in cheek. It is a little bit funny that they're going to kind of make an announcement that they're breaking a record. But at the same time, Carnival, give them their just due. Great cruise line. And by far, in my opinion, my humble opinion, they are absolutely the best comedy at sea. No question about it. All right. So I didn't really know what else the hell to talk about this week because, like I said, I was away all weekend. I got right back in the saddle when it comes to work. And uh, I was just kind of looking around for some stuff to talk about. So what I did was just looking up stuff and I'm going to hit you guys with some little-known facts about cruising. Um, so let's just start it with this. Cruise ships do have a morgue. Do you guys know that? I know a lot of you do. But uh, something you may not know is that the uh, average morgue on a cruise ship does accommodate one to three bodies. Uh, they usually get removed at the next port, but not always. Sometimes they're just kind of hanging out down there in the freezer <laughs> till till the ship goes back and kind of makes the full, I guess, full closed loop but uh i don't know what do you guys think i don't know i mean i that if you die on a cruise ship it's crazy because they say there's about 200 deaths on cruise ships per year and getting back to what i said a couple of weeks ago about just how they handle that it's kind of cool uh the thought of you know an older retiree who just loves to cruise and goes on these cruises and takes so many of them. I mean, so many of them nowadays do back-to-back-to-backs and, you know, stay, you know, especially if you have a lot of disposable income. And, you know, you heard about the world. And then you heard about the publicity that that woman has gotten about just, you know, she lives on a cruise ship. But the thing was is she got the publicity. But there's a, a good amount of people who do that. Maybe not necessarily with the plans to be doing it forever. But they do it, you know, for two, three months at a time. And they'll do the same exact freaking run you know what i mean they won't even get off the ship i remember i was at an art auction and i got kind of pulled into it and uh, like i said just the guy was hysterical the mc for the art art the uh art auction he was cracking jokes the whole time and he was actually just he was might have been the funniest guy on the ship funnier than the comedians but you know he was talking in between you know selling art and auctioning off art he would acknowledge people regulars that he saw and he said oh and i'm just making up the name but this is mr stevenson mr stevenson It's a big day for him because he's actually getting off the ship after 90 straight days. So you get people like that that will just get off the ship after 90 days. They may go back on land, and who knows? Maybe they'll get back on for another 90 days. Maybe they won't. But you never know. But, you know, those types of people, you got to think, you know, in their 80s, 90s, you know, 
a lot of them are going to pass away at sea. And I can't help but think that maybe, you know, they're probably widowers and, you know, that's kind of the way they want it. And there's something beautiful about that. Just dying in the end of your life doing what, you know, probably they cruised with their husband or, or significant other all through their, you know, marriage or relationship. And this is kind of like the way they, they wanted it. And, and I think that's kind of like a beautiful thing. But it's just interesting how you never really hear about them. 200 cruise deaths per year. That means this year, you know, we already lost about 70 or 80 people. How many of those people did you hear about? Of course, the man overboards and stuff like that you hear about. But, you know, they they do a good they do a good job of keeping it under wraps and I guess you know you know they say that too that's one of the big knocks on the cruise lines is that they don't you won't get a lot of cooperation you know and that's at first glance you're like screw them that's not right you should help you should cooperate this and that but you know there is other sides to it and I'm not saying I I don't even know how I quite feel about it but you know some of them still will tell you you know some people will say you know you should cooperate for the families other people will say hey listen. God rest his soul, but they're gone, and, uh, you know, we have a business to run, and some people do. You know, some people run businesses like their religion, profit over everything, or business sustainability, not necessarily profit, but sustain the business at all costs and just, you know, use whatever loopholes, uh, financial law loopholes to make as much money as you can. And that kind of goes over to the legal aspect too. Anything that will keep you from getting bad publicity you know, it's like an automatic knee-jerk reaction. Use whatever extent of the law you can to protect yourself from a PR standpoint. And again, I'm not saying either way how I feel about that. I'm just saying there is two sides to it. And I guess both of them, uh, I guess, really need to, you know, I guess at least their sides of the story have to be respected. All right, in 2013, I don't know if you guys know the rap group Outcast. There's a gentleman by the name of Big Boy. I'm assuming that's his nickname. I'm assuming that's not his given name. But his uh, nickname is Big Boy, B-O-I, from Outkast, was arrested for having ecstasy and Viagra on a cruise ship. I guess he was caught. He was known to have it on the ship. He gets off the ship. They're waiting for him. And uh, he gets arrested. And they asked him for a comment. Uh, when he got released, his exact words were, Shit, I thought this was supposed to be the love boat. <laughs> Get it? So he thinks he's boarding the love boat, and that's why he's uh, fully prepared with his ecstasy and his Viagra. No Mr. Big Boy, or should I say Mr. Boy, B-O-I, it is frowned upon to bring ecstasy and Viagra on a cruise ship. You know, they look at us sideways when we bring on a Jim Beam or Fireball. Uh, you're not going to get away with the ecstasy and the Viagra. Uh Moving on, uh, did you know that your entire room is pretty much metal? This is kind of random stuff here. I'm all over the place, but I'm just kind of picking out facts. And I know you guys know a lot of this. I know a lot of you guys are like, yeah, big deal. You want to tell me something I don't know. But a lot of people don't know that, you know, there's paint, there's pictures, there's everything. It looks very kind of homey, small, but homey uh, in your room and very comfortable. But those walls are almost all pretty much metal. So be sure to bring your hook magnets and uh, be able to hang some stuff up and save yourself some space. That's more out of the uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Uh, you know, that's got me starting to sound like her when I'm talking about, you know, how to arrange the cabin and everything like that. That's definitely her department. I am not going into that area. I mean, I'm <laughs> depending on how many people we're cruising with, if, if I'm with two people, I'm either all or nothing. If I'm cruising with two people, I am workmanlike. I, I, I don't necessarily know what the room has, but once I get on the ship and I'm like, all right. So it's me and you. We're in this room. 
here's my side of the closet, here's yours. These are my two drawers, these are yours. This is my side of the bathroom, this is yours. And then I just start unpacking in a workman-like fashion, completely organized, meticulously separating things and knowing where everything is so I can know exactly where things are to spend as little time as possible uh, you know, having to search for clothes items or or bathroom items, or you know, ha- having to you know, being able to be completely organized the whole time. That's the one extreme. But if we're gonna go with four people in a room, which we sometimes have, and if you know, we just want to get you know, sometimes I go with four people in a room because we just want to cruise, and you know, sometimes some of the people you know, I could I could I could afford two in the room. But some other people can only go if we're going to go the four in the room route. And in that regard, I'm rather like, you know what, let's do the four in the room because I'd rather go with four people than two people. So in that regard, when I do that, I'm the opposite. I am, here's my suitcase. I'm packing as though there's four people in the room and I'm living out of this suitcase. I'm not taking anything out of the suitcase. I I bring a hefty bag with me. That's it. And that's anything dirty goes into that hefty bag. Uh, unlike a lot of people, I think, including Sherry, I do not do laundry at sea. You will not find me doing laundry at sea. I'm not. I don't. That's not happening. So I'll just have the hefty bag if there's four people in the room. And, you know, as I wear it and I and I, I don't rewear it, I just put it in the hefty bag. So you got the suitcase, which has the clean clothes, and the hefty bag has the dirty clothes. And that's all I know. That's all I care about. You guys can do whatever you want with the rest of the room. That's it. So it's one or the other, either either extreme for me. But getting back to what I was talking about, yes, the room is is a magnet, so you could put a bunch of hooks up there, and it is a very very good way to save space and to keep yourself organized. All right, so a little uh, ranking system here. Uh, I wanted to give you guys the most visited ports in the Caribbean. The number one most visited port in the Caribbean. Guess what do you guys think? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Moment of silence for you guys to guess. Ready? Go. What'd you come up with? If you said Nassau in the Bahamas, you would be correct. Number two, Cozumel, Mexico. These are not the best ports, the most popular ports. These are the most visited ports. That's, you know, and that makes sense. Nassau, because I guess it's just, you know, a simple shot right out of Florida. It's like an intro to some Eastern Caribbean, you know, sailings. It's in almost all of the Florida and Bahama sailings. And uh, it's it's Nassau. Uh, Number two, if you're going Western, you're always hitting Cozumel, Mexico. Number three is probably the most popular port, which is St. Thomas overall. Number four surprised me. I didn't think, and that's probably just because of convenience and location, but uh, it says the Cayman Islands, parentheses, Grand Cayman, and that's number four. And number five, what do you think number five is? There's only one less. What do you guys think? I probably would have said San Juan, Puerto Rico. Had I said that, I'd have been wrong. It is St. Martin, and that is number five. Uh, just a little interesting caveats of information as we bring you a podcast with little to no preparation. All right, moving on. Celebrity cruise ship godparents. Uh, I drummed up maybe seven or eight of uh, celebrities that you ideally, I think, did hear of uh, who are actually godparents on cruise ships. I don't know what that actually gets them. I don't know if they can get free cruises on that ship. I don't know if they get preferential treatment if they're on the ship. I don't know if they get to hold the steering wheel while they, you know, I don't know what they get, but I do know that they are honorary godmothers, godparents of these cruise ships. And you have Jennifer Hudson. She was an American Idol chick, right? Back in the day. She is the godmother of the 
Disney dream. Audrey Hepburn, legendary Hollywood actress, is the godmother of the star princess. Julie Andrews, another legendary Hollywood actress, is the godmother of the crystal serenity. Kim Cattrall, you guys know her, right? Uh, she is the godmother of the Norwegian Dawn. Between Kim's escapades on Sex and the City <laughs> and the fact that Norwegian has a free at sea open booze package, I don't know. You're probably going to be up till dawn uh, if you're sailing on the uh, Norwegian Dawn. And you got Kim Cattrall, Samantha from Sex and the City, as the godmother. Uh, moving on, Reba McIntyre is the godmother of the Norwegian Epic. Kristen Chenoweth. You know Kristen Chenoweth? She was on The West Wing, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. And she really, really made her bones uh, on Broadway. Uh, as an actress, singer, dancer, uh, actor, triple threat on uh, Broadway. Uh, she's the godmother of Quantum of the Seas. That was a really cool sizzle video. Uh, if you look on YouTube, Quantum of the Seas, uh, you know, when that was coming out, they did a really cool video starring her, and she kind of gave a cool, like, trailer promo, whatever you want to call it, with her and a bunch of other celebrities actually describing all the things and the technological advancements and all the stuff and the bells and whistles of Quantum of the Seas. And then you have former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher who is the godmother of the regal princess. Interesting stuff there. Guys, that is it for uh, the interesting little caveats that I had to try to tie this mess of a show up together. Hopefully you're still with me. And uh, I want to thank you guys for responding to the call to action last week, which is can you please continue and get back in the game writing me emails. It was cool. I got a little full of myself. I was kind of feeling myself a little bit about all the mail. I Actually, like I said, the mail does come in. But I want the readable mail, the stuff that I can respond to, react to, read back on the air because as much as I hear uh, – appreciate you guys telling me how much you like the show and how much you appreciate the show, uh, I don't want to just read that back. It sounds a little douchey, no? Right? It sounds a little like, you know, a little gratuitous. So I don't want to – as much as I appreciate it. And please, people ask me. Somebody wrote, uh, you know, hope you don't mind me continuing to email you. Absolutely not. Re email me every day. It's 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 really really keeps me going and it's really really appreciated. I'm just saying I want to be able to kind of solve some problems. Hopefully, or give some advice uh, and get a lot of those types of emails so I can read them. And we do have some of those this week. So, all right. So, uh, Tommy, just want to let you know that I found your Nassau podcast very useful. I've been to Nassau probably four times now and play it safe every time. I didn't realize even that there was so much within walking distance. I, let me read that again. I didn't realize, I guess they meant I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that there was so much within walking distance. I would like to say, I would like to do the Segway tour on Blue Lagoon Island someday. Just to share one experience we had last year, we took an elderly man with mobility issues with us. We rented him a mobility chair, but we had very, a very difficult time finding a service to transport him. The water taxis do not accommodate those with mobility chairs, and I found one, all caps, service that could take us to Atlantis. It cost us around $100 round trip to go to Atlantis. I think someday you should touch on those with disabilities and their mobility issues. I'm sure I'm not the only one that would like to hear what others run into. Thanks again. I love how entertaining you are. You really make the time pass by that's fine do that tracy that was by tracy tracy thank you so much feel free to mix it in there if you want to give me some accolades or give me some encouragement mix the kind words in with uh your question or request uh 
that's appreciated. But all right, so I actually looked this up and I did some research on this. You no, know, I didn't, you know, go to the library and start taking out encyclopedias, but I did look around a little bit and uh like I said, so I mean Tracy, as you mentioned, the cruise lines and the cruise ships they're usually not much of an issue for disabled as much as what to do on shore. However, just starting with the ship and stuff like that first, I would lean more towards the newer ships. I wouldn't necessarily mess around with the older ships because you know the new ones are more likely to more ha- uh, more likely to have the most up to date equipment, most up to date facilities. Uh, I learned that most excursions are sold as if they are accommodating to the disabled, and while technically a lot of them in theory are in practice. Not so much. So, like I said, I went on and researched this, and while I may not have the perfect answer, I think we can touch on a few suggestions that might get us in the direction of a good start. So, if you are disabled, if you do have mobility issues, what they say is princess or celebrity are good options for you as far as accessibility, not only because the ships are built to accommodate uh, you know, people who are less mobile and a lot of the newer ships and those cruise lines are really, really, uh, they did a great job making it, you know, you know, I guess handicapped friendly, uh, but also because the demographic that are going to go on that ship, you'll encounter a little bit of a, I would say a more mature crowd that'll probably most likely be more patient. And in many cases, some cases, I shouldn't say many cases, in some cases, similar dispositions. And so you're probably not going to be dealing with kids trying to run around you or teenagers who are trying to, you know, stumble over grandma as they're trying to sneak booze into, you know, their rooms or whatever, or, you know, this and that. Celebrity and princess, while still remaining fairly affordable, uh, are going to probably give you that crowd that's going to, you know, A, B, you're going to see older and when you deal with an older crowd of course you come with a little bit you know more challenge from a from a i guess mobility aspect and those people even if they're not they certainly i i would assume will be more understanding and more patient uh so that's the first thing second thing is what they say is you got to find a good travel agent Uh, and, and 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 i know that's one of the most repeated things when it comes to cruising you have to have a travel agent and while i do pretty much agree i don't think it's mandatory but i do think it's an advantage if you have a travel agent in this particular case you absolutely should ask around find a good travel agent who can answer specific questions about these excursions uh they know what they're doing. They will be able to tell you, you know what, you're trying to do a 4x4 ATV off-road thing, which is obviously that's an obvious one. You're not going to try to do that. But they'll know particular tours, which ones have, you know, the wheelchair lifts, which ones, you know, based on people. They've sent all these people on vacations. Believe me, they've heard all, They've heard it all. They've heard the complaints, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. And they will be able to give you honest and accurate feedback. And if they don't know the feedback, shame on them if they don't run around and search you know, high and low for that information, you know, directly looking at reviews for you. You you want to do that stuff, but you don't have time. You have a travel agent that's going to be all over the place making phone calls, finding out. They're going to have a wealth of information, but also they're going to have the will to find out whatever information they don't have. Um, I would also say uh, another thing is consider a river cruise. Also, you're talking about the demographic who goes on the river cruise is probably in that same situation as well. And uh, it's just a lot easier to kind of get on and off the ship you know you're not having to climb so many stairs you're not having to and and all the uh i would say the excursions and stuff are more cerebral than activity based for the most part so consider a river cruise for you know if nothing else the simplicity of it um there is a website that i would recommend 
and uh, I looked it up, and it's called SpecialNeedsAtSea.com. And, you know, this is, like I said, and the, the full disclosure, this is a for-profit website uh, that sells and rents equipment that are for the disabled, specifically for them to go on vacation and on cruises and stuff like that with. And you can kind of browse the items that they do have. And possibly, like I said, you don't necessarily have to buy them. You can rent a lot of this stuff as well. Uh, SpecialNeedsAtSea.com. And uh, there's probably a ton of stuff you can buy on there that will, you know, make things easier for you just to kind of get around. Uh, moving on, <clears throat> another thing is uh, if, if, if you're getting off the ship, um, if getting off the ship in ports is something that's really important to you, then you got to do your research and you have to find, I would say you don't have to, but I would pretty much recommend you find an itinerary that doesn't require you to tender. And uh, off the top of my head, what are we talking about? Obviously, Grand Cayman, you want to stay away from that unless you're okay with staying on the ship. And many of the private islands, you know, like Coco Cay, um, you know, Half Moon Cay, Key Cay, we're still on that. Who knows? Uh, don't tender. You know what I mean? If you want to get off the, sh- if the ship, make sure it's a, a port that has an actual dock, pier, whatever you, what have you. Um, Another thing is do not wing it. A lot of people, even disabled people, will get on the ship and say, ah, we'll figure it out when we get there. If getting off the ship is important to you, plan and research. Ask for direct advice. I mean, I know this is a Captain Obvious one, but, again, a lot of times people don't. People say, you know what, it's a cruise ship. Even though I'm in a wheelchair, things are going to be accessible for me, and, you know, on paper they are. But really, in theory, are they really comfortable? They had to many, many times I've heard, you know, stories of people saying that they can't. You know, we wanted to do this and we thought we'd be able to, but we can't. You have to do the research. You have to ask. There's tons and tons of forums out there. Uh, Cruiseline.com, Cruise Critic, Cruise Fever. I don't even know. All these people, uh, you go, whether it's even in, you can go on Cruise Critic and you can type in information and Cruise Critic staff will give you information. But then there's also the message boards that you can find a wealth of information in as well. Um, In addition, the last thing I have on this is I would say have a second choice. You know what I mean? You may have this thing that you want to do. It says it's wheelchair accessible. It said it's uh, limited mobility friendly and you want to do it. Then you find out that it's not all it's cracked up to be and it doesn't have the same, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's not as, as, as handicap friendly as you thought it might be, which is probably going to happen. It, it could happen more than once. So what you want to do is pick your A choice and then pick your second choice and just have an excursion ready in the event you need to make an audible and change it up. And really, you know, I, I love cruising, obviously, but I also love, you know, from the kids to the elderly, I love that cruising is basically a microcosm of all walks of life, kind of consolidated into a cruise ship. And I'll say this to everybody that is cruising, you know, whether they're handicapped, whether they're special needs, whether they're small infant children, please just, you know, we're all, on, we're, you know, like I said, you know, no pun intended, we're all on the same boat. And it's a microcosm of what society is, and it's just a sample of every walk of life now on a cruise ship at sea. And for those three, five, seven, nine, ten days, you guys, that is your planet. That's your earth. That's your area. So I would say, no matter who they are, please respect them. Look to help them. Give people the right of way. We're all, you know, feeling like we're on vacation and, you know, a lot of the rules don't apply. But let's let's be, I guess, respectful of people's uh, space. 
respectful of people's disposition in life, whether it's young, whether it's old, and let's all just do the best we can to make whatever sacrifices we can make to make sure that everybody can have the best time as possible in whatever condition they be they may be in. And if you're healthy, happy, and running around the ship like you know Tarzan, then uh, just count your blessings and respect those who are not. That's all I'll say. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Next letter off the soapbox here. Hey, Tommy, love the show. Keep it going. I will. Uh, I'm not sure if this is something you will cover or not. I am a big fan of cruising. My wife enjoys it also. We haven't been on a cruise in about four years. Sucks. We do have young children, aged four and nine. We always, uh, We do always find time to visit Disney a couple of times a year. My question is, what would you suggest on a family-friendly cruise that is not a Disney ship? Simply can't afford it, in parentheses. Absolutely, man. I cannot afford a Disney ship either. As much as uh, it sounds cool, even though I'm an adult, you just hear about how good of a job Disney does. And like I said, my hunch is that Disney probably really has a good time on there because they want to probably cater to. They know they got the kids thing locked down. They probably really want to lock in the adults, so I'm sure they'd show you a good time. But it's just... It's, it's too expensive. Uh, all right, moving on. Sorry. Um, let me start. My question is, what would you suggest on a family-friendly cruise that is not a, on a Disney ship or a Disney cruise line? Uh, what ship? What? It's a little unclear here how he's going. So he writes, cruise line, question mark, ship, question mark, kid-friendly itinerary. Any suggestions from a veteran cruiser would be greatly appreciated. Looking to book around this time in 2018. Thanks, bud. Another great show today from Brian. Brian, thank you so much. And you know what I love about the, both of these last two emails that I got is that I don't know why you're <laughs> I don't know why you're asking me this stuff. If there's two things that I completely don't necessarily touch on in any any of the podcasts, it's uh, you know handicap and um, you know mobility issues and children and family cruising. But I love it and I appreciate it because it, what that tells me is that you are listening to the show and you know I've been on a, a good amount of cruises and you know I I want to be able to uh, touch on a lot of that stuff. So the first thing regarding the mobility issues, I didn't really know a lot about so I went and did a lot of research. Um, on this particular email, I think this is not necessarily a research thing. I think this is just off the cuff and uh, my gut feeling on what I've seen. I agree with you. This Disney is a uh, world-class product, but at the same time, I don't think uh, you know it's not necessarily the most affordable product right now. So the answer to your question is I will first say I do not think you can go wrong. If I see and hear anything regarding family cruising and kids on a cruise is how phenomenal of a job all three cruise lines do with kids. I see it firsthand on Carnival. Now, um, Carnival has the Dr. Seuss at Sea. They have the uh, two separate camps or three separate camps for different age groups of kids. I've seen the counselors in action in passing. Sometimes they rope off areas of the uh, Lido Buffet to where there's only going to be kids there. And the counselors seem so engaged. And at certain times throughout the ship, when I'm, you know, I'll do that in the middle of the day. I'll be out in the sun with all my friends. But then, like I said, I get antsy and I walk around and I'll just see what's going on throughout the ship. And throughout the ship, I'll see like kids on a uh, scavenger hunt. I'll see them in like this little costume marching parade and they'll be singing songs along the way. Some people get annoyed by that. I do not. You know what? This is like I said, what I spoke to before. We're all on the same ship. It's a microcosm of what you see in the world. If you see kids running around having a good time and, and you and you got a problem with that, you're probably an asshole. 
yes, I do think there should be some adult areas. I do like the fact that you can go to the back of the ship on most carnival ships, you know, for a while, at least you could have, and, and be away from that for a little while. But, you know, I do like seeing the fact that they do a great job with the kids. And I will say that Carnival firsthand does a phenomenal job. I will also say that Norwegian does as well. It's Carnival sticks out to me a little bit more. I just see them a little bit more active, and I see a little bit more uh, of a staff. I think Carnival in general, staff-wise, across the board, I think Carnival staff is a lot. I see a lot more smiles, a lot more friendliness, and I and I think uh, Norwegian is just a shade behind. Not bad in any way, shape, or form. Just a shade behind. I will say this about Royal Caribbean. They have the DreamWorks characters, so there's a ton of you know familiar cartoons that they probably heard of. They have the officially licensed characters there. I On my Royal Caribbean sh- uh, ships, I did not see it. That does not mean it doesn't exist. It does not mean they're bad at it. It just didn't necessarily. It wasn't as prevalent um, to me. A lot of times, you know, the, those ships are huge too. You know, the Royal Caribbean has some big-ass ships, so that may be why you don't see it as much because, you know, it's just – is a little bit more of a uh, you know needle and haystack type of thing because they're kind of in areas where you know there's a lot more of the ship to cover. But my thing, and you guys, please, and this is what this is for too. My expertise is not mobility, uh, you know, restrictions. My expertise is not kids and families at sea, but I have some exposure to it and I do see it. So I will weigh into what I what I see. But anybody who's listening to this that can help Brian out. Or that can help uh, Tracy out, please email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, and I will absolutely relay this for Brian and Tracy as well. Uh, but again, my answer I think it's uh, Carnival, the ship. I think you can kind of just pick a ship. You know what I mean? I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I think the kids would probably have more fun on the newer ships because there's a lot more stuff. Whether you're talking about the water parks and, uh, you know, some of the updated camps and stuff like that, a little bit more state-of-the-art. So in that regard, I think, you know, one of the newer ships, you know, you're talking Vista, you're talking about Dream, you're talking about uh, Magic, you're talking about, um, uh, what else, Dream, Magic, and... uh, you know, even some, even the, you know, the conquest class ships and stuff like that. The Horizons coming out. Um, you know, uh, what's that third ship in the Dream class? Dream, Magic, and it's not the Valor, the Valor, Valor. Which one? But even those, the the Valor, the Carnival Sunshine, tons of stuff to do. They built they built a new water park and the refurbishment as well. But um, that's gonna bother me right now. The third Dream Class ship. What is that one again? Damn it, Carnival! If you're listening, I don't know why you're hiring me. I don't even know the third Dream Class ship. I'll, it'll come to me any minute though. Either way. All right. So that's pretty much all I got on that. Um, all right. Moving on. Tommy. Oh, this is a funny one. Tommy, love the show, and I listen as often as possible. I'm going to make a confession, I am proud, and I promise I am not proud of this. I was in the gift shop on a ship I won't mention on a cruise line that shall remain nameless to protect the guilty. It was embarkation day, and the shop was really busy knowing that I was not – I'm sorry. It was embarkation day, and the shop was really busy, and knowing that I was not being watched, I grabbed some sunscreen and simply walked out. <gasps> Ooh. 
While it was grossly overpriced, that wasn't the reason. The line was long, and I just wanted to get back to cruising. Should I feel guilty? <laughs> Is this a psychology question? Should I feel guilty? And just out of curiosity, what would have happened if I had gotten caught? Ooh, and it's from Pauline. <laughs> Pauline, I'm not a judge guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I it's kind of you just. I mean, you robbed. You 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 shoplifted. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and judge you. As someone who has smuggled a lot of booze onto ships in my early days of cruising, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how, how to feel about what you did. Technically, bringing uh, booze on a ship, that's stealing too. You know what I'm saying? You're stealing from you know the otherwise sales that would have been made out of alcohol. I don't do it anymore. I did do it in the past, and I don't swear that I'll never do it again. But I don't do it right now. I haven't done it in a while, and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. But you went to the gift shop. And you saw a long line, and you grabbed the sunscreen, and you figured, who the hell will miss it? It's carnival. You know, you seem like you're probably not a bad person, but, you know, what do you want me to tell you? Uh, I did do some research on this, and I didn't really find out anything more uh, of an answer more than it just depends. It depends on what you stole. I don't know how much it was. It was a big ticket item. Uh, were you actually caught red-handed? And uh, what ship or what cruise line were you on? I guess probably they a lot of them have different policies on that. Uh, they say there's a brig. I didn't find that out. Is there actually jails on cruise ships? I'm sure there is. I heard cruise jail is simply just you locked in your room with a security guard holding a taser standing outside of it. That's what I heard. Not sure if that's the case or not. Maybe one of these weeks I'll research that a little bit more. Um more importantly, Pauline, there is one piece of bad news that I do have to make you aware of. You did steal sunscreen on the high seas, and I'm sorry to tell you, but you are officially a pirate. So, <laughs> a bandita. Bandita? Is that right? I don't know. What am I talking about? Who knows? All right. So, <clears throat> mercifully, this podcast comes to an end. I do apologize. Again, I'm really, really hoping you guys like me and you looked at this as one of those ones where I'm just along for the drive with you and you're kind of hanging out and we're kind of, you know, in our minds going back and forth because I know, yes, I know that this was not the most prepared podcast I could possibly give you. Again, this is a journey, guys. We're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. We're going to have our great episodes, you know. I know I'm going to get a couple emails saying, telling me that this was their favorite episode, you know, but for the masses, I know you probably do rely on me for a little bit more preparedness and a little bit more solid, straightforward info. And uh, if that's the case, I'm sorry if I let you down and I will try not to do so again. Look out this weekend for the port profile. Again, like I said, check out that YouTube video. Give me some views, man. Give me some views and some thumbs up put freaking hours into that it's it doesn't even look like it it didn't even get the reward you know you put all those hours into something and you're like oh finally came out perfectly it didn't even come out that good i mean it came out okay it came out fine but uh it's pretty basic pretty simple but if you if you are looking to go to nassau i mean it's i would definitely not miss it just check it out and uh you can look and as i'm talking about the different you know activities and excursions you can do there is uh pictures uh pretty much a slideshow of things that correlate as i'm speaking about that particular thing that can show you what it looks like to do it um and that's pretty much it please follow me on instagram like i said always be booked uh facebook youtube um share the podcast with your friend and uh we will bounce back heavy next time i appreciate you guys for listening thank you so much we will talk to you soon there's a place where the boat is from it takes away 
I love your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-nine tree. And the drinks are cold, and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. Jimmy, 